All right. How do you go from zero to $5 million in assets managed in under three years? In this episode, I'm talking to my former hard money lender, Nick Eiffel, and he's going to break down what he's doing to just scale his portfolio and scale his business like crazy. All coming up next. Welcome to the Cashflow Happy Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Baldovino. And on this show, you can join us live as we interview investors and share how they are increasing their cash flow. So grab a drink and let's get into it. Yo, Nick, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on? Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Well, cheers. First off, Miller Lite, IPA. Do you ever drink IPAs? I do. Yeah. Columbus is a like a pretty hipsterish uh, town. Yeah, be creative. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, we're talking about you're in Columbus. I invest in Columbus. That's how we got connected. There's a whole origin story behind that. That's pretty crazy. But before we get into that, real quick for the viewers, can you let them know who you are and then how you got into real estate? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Nick Eiffel, I'm Ohio resident. Um, went to Ohio State. Got out of out of Ohio State. Um, I don't know. I got a W-2 and I was like, I can apply for a mortgage. And I thought it would be cool to just buy a house instead of like all the shitty college houses um, that I lived in. So we packed it full of roommates, um, eliminated my entire rent. I was actually cash flowing like $150 every single month, you know, while I was getting the debt pay down. So um, yeah, that was my introduction. And I was like, wow, I started to do the numbers and if, if I multiply this, um, this looks like a really good path as opposed to um, selling software. So who, I mean, did you just randomly say, I'm going to buy a house and then house hack it? Was that, or did someone tell you, no, you need to house hack? Um, you know what? I think I heard of it. Like, I think I had a buddy in college that was like, you can buy a duplex and you should live on one side and then rent out the other. Like, yeah. Um, very like atypical, like mm -hmm. you're, yeah, you're very like atypical house hack story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then past that, it was like, okay, cool. I have just like just enough for a down payment. So like, let's do it. Um, so no, there was no like major influence. No one in my life uh, mm -hmm. or family or sphere um, invested in real estate. And so how did the investing start then? It really just took off. Um from there. Um, so it was really just like, all right, I can buy a house. And then, you know, the house hack. And I was like, check that box. Um, and then I just started doing the math of, Hey, if I could, you know, multiply this over 10 houses, I could theoretically replace my W2 income. And, um, it all just kind of, you know, slowly unraveled from there. Okay. And then just as a teaser for the rest of this episode, yeah. how long did it take you to replace your W-2 income? Um, literally until like right now. Okay. So it's yeah. been a little under three years and now it's like consistent and you can like bank on it. Yeah. And like, you know, we have talks of that of like, hey, if we don't want to like do something this month, then we can just go hang out and chill. So like um, December, we are going to be in Bali in Europe for all of December. Like that's already planned aside. And so um, I just think it's like that comfort of peace of mind. Um, of course, anyone that actually invests in real estate and grows something to that size of a portfolio. Um, I haven't heard too many people of just like stopping once you yeah. ask that. Um, it's, it, that's what I said I was going to do. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so just for some additional context for the viewers now, you flip wholesale 
have buy and holds. Lately, you've been wanting to hold more than ever. And I'm sure there was a transition period but when that get got realized. And we'll go into that. Am I missing anything else? No, that's really it. It's um, flip, wholesale, hold. So those are our, our three buckets. Um, and really, you know, like I, I think flipping, um, I don't want to be too, too generic here, but I think flipping is, is pretty easy. You know, you can go and find a flip. And you can find contractors. Now, are you going to make 30, 40, 50K? No, maybe not. Um, you might go out and make 5 to 10K. Um, but wholesaling was really like the big arena that unlocked everything for us. So like there's really probably two pivotal points of like what I'd say my real estate investing career, which was when I learned to wholesale, um, which we don't even assign much stuff. Um yeah. And then probably more recently of a, a, just a major shift that we've had in our business. Okay. So you started off flipping, just yep. flipping. Yes. And then it moved into wholesaling. Yep. And then you were, and then in between, and so how many flips did you do? How many flips and wholesales did you say that you did before you were like, I need to start keeping some of these? Um, you know, it's actually a really small number. I think it was like, I want to say it was like six, maybe seven. Okay. And actually what triggered it is, you know, I was looking at like at those six or seven homes that we were buying or, or sellers that we were talking to. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I was looking at that they bought these homes like 10 years ago for, you know, call it $100,000 less than what I was like offering them that day. Yeah. And so I started to do the math and it was like, damn, I could <clears throat> make 25K on this flip, pay, you know, 30, 35% in capital gains tax and actually be left with like a very small amount, which, um, just didn't sound too sexy. Or you can just refinance out, take a much smaller monthly cut, um, but you know you have huge upside. And so it was really at that point, which it was just like figure out like what is the lifestyle that I want to live right now, and then what am I willing to sacrifice for the lifestyle that I want, you know, forever. No, I like that. So let's how about let's just break down your first flip. Cool. So how much did you get it for rehab? What'd you sell it for? Yeah. So, uh, my first flip came from auction.com and this huh. is like when there really weren't any foreclosures, but I was like, Oh, I found this like website that probably nobody knows of. Um, and really like everyone knows of foreclosure.com mm -hmm. or auction.com and these houses get bid up like crazy. Um, but I had convinced a, a private lender to go in with me. I, I gave away 50% of the deal. Okay. Um, in exchange for that. So we bought it for 87, five, Okay. Um, I had found a rehab estimator online that, that said it would be about 35,000. It ended up being 55,000. Um, yeah, we didn't make a lot. The 50% <laughs> was not like a good deal to my private lender. Even yeah. if you've gotten a hundred percent, it probably still was not a good deal. Okay. Uh, I think I netted out like five grand. So you netted five grand. Yeah. The investor netted five grand. Cause you guys just split profit 50, 50. Yeah. And you um, still had to pay taxes on that. And we still had to pay taxes on that. Um, and it was like, after that, I was like, eh, I don't know if I, you know, wanted to do this thing anymore. But I worked on it all summer. Like I, that was my baby. That's what I did during that summer. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, three, four months, like at the house every single day, we would have been way, way, way more negative on that flip if I hadn't um, just been there. But yeah. you, know, you have to, have to like learn those core principles. Um, now I don't know how to change a toilet, but like I've been in my rehabs and I have that respect and I can talk to the level of work and quality, 
um, you know, two contractors. So, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the first flip. I made five grand and I was like, this is awesome. I made five grand in like seven months. I mean, I think what's really cool about that story is for whatever reason, you find a private money lender on your first deal. So yeah. kudos to you. Um, but you can also, like most people, if they want to get into flipping, wholesaling, rental properties, they can go into YouTube University or they would buy a course from somebody. But instead, you chose to take action and just figure it out yourself as you went along. And best case scenario for you, which it seems like you made a little bit of money, but you also got, I'm sure, a, just a, an entire course just from doing the flip yourself. Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, a lot of like, even when people see this and like, you can attach whatever level of success that you want to this story. Um, like you see it at this point, yeah. you know, um, like you don't, you don't hear the people that make five grand on their first flip and then decide to get out of it for mm -hmm. that very same reason. So like, yeah. you have to go through those experiences to understand like the level of work and actually like how hard this is because, um, a lot of people are going to make it seem very easy. And if you look at my Instagram right now, it probably seems like, oh, I should get in this. This guy seems like he's pinging deals all the time. Um, and I can, I could never, ever like under, overstate this enough is, or emphasize this enough. Like it's hard. It's really, really hard. It's really stressful. Um, you know, at that time, like it was, I was 17K into credit card debt. Like mm -hmm. I had, I think five grand in my bank account. Um, and so you need to go through those experiences. And that's not the first one that I've had of those. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it gives you the level of respect that this game actually deserves. So, okay, maybe just to expand upon that a little yep. bit more. Instagram, of course, is everyone's highlight reel. Yep. Sometimes you'll also post the bad stuff. And the people that I like do post some of the bad stuff sometimes. Yes. Like, here's what went wrong, and here's the lesson learned. Um, what are kind of three Instagram myths that you see from investors in general and the reality behind it? Very, uh, very good question. Um, so one, I would say wholesaling. Mm -hmm. So people say, like, you know, make money or, you know, make money in real estate with none of your own cash or, or whatever that's yep. saying. So like wholesaling and getting these big assignment fees takes mm -hmm. an extraordinary, extraordinary amount of cash. Anyone that's really wholesaling is spending, has, you know, at least our overhead um, at the peak of it when we were wholesaling was 20, 30K a month. So it's like, I could post a 35 grand assignment, like, hey, I hit this wire of 35K. Mm -hmm. And that means like, you know, I might have only made 5,000 that month, which for that much overhead, um, I should probably just go back to my W2, right? Mm -hmm. um so i'd say that's that's probably the biggest um was that 20 and 30k in just marketing so advertising finding the leads paying cold callers and sales guys is that is that what the overhead was yeah so it was 20k in uh marketing and then probably the the rest of the 10k was salaries and softwares and yeah all this other stuff yeah so you're like always on and you're always chasing the next deal mm -hmm. um and you know what there were months where we didn't make 30k and i had to eat that right like mm -hmm. i literally had to come out of pocket just to you know have a negative sure. organization that month so that's yeah. the, the first one um i think the second one is when people talk about like <clears throat> their contractors 
they'll say, hey, you know, they'll share the numbers on it of like, hey, it's an 80,000 K re or purchase, 40,000 rehab, 200 K ARB, right? Those are like great numbers. And you're like, damn, that's super sexy. Um, but when it comes to actually like getting those, like you're not going to get a, what that person that you see that has 40 K, that's going to cost you 60, 65 on your first run. Mm-hmm. Because your holding cost is going to be way higher. You mm-hmm. likely don't have the connections with those contractors. You don't have that process down, mm-hmm. so you're going to have way whole, higher holding cost. Um, you're pro- you're not going to know how to manage it, so the quality isn't going to be there. You're going to get beat up on inspections. Um, so I'd say, like you know, the construction numbers, like there's retail construction, and then there's like investor construction. And I think a lot of people fall into paying like closer to retail-ish prices by not knowing mm-hmm. how to like go out and find contractors. Um, yeah, and I would I would say the third one is that like this is a passive game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. Even if you have rentals, which pay you mailbox money, even mm-hmm. if you have property management, you are still investing time and energy every single month. And then there's a lot of times where you're like, Hey, I have this like $200,000 asset that only pays me $200 a month. And a lot of times there's a lot of time and stress behind that. And you're like, what is this even worth it for? Like for $200 a month, I should probably just go down to uh, the 7-Eleven and get a couple scratch off tickets and hope I get lucky. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so I, I would say that I, I think there's a little bit of a cash flow myth. Um not to say that it doesn't exist and you know we've certainly seen the fruits of it i think there's a contractor's myth and i think there's a like assignment fee wholesaling you know get into real estate with no money myth yeah i mean i i love all of those points that you said um yeah. i think it's i mean you quickly learn after your first deal that the number that you even got quoted from a couple contractors is still going to go up even after you got the quotes because oh yeah there's always going to be something so if you listen to this just add whatever percent makes you feel comfortable as a worst case scenario, 15, 20% on top of that, just as a buffer. And even know that you might hit that and still go over. So um, yes. that's interesting. Okay. So you started flipping, you went into wholesaling. Wholesaling has its own little things. Why did you start wholesaling? Was it just because you can make almost as much as your flips with just less of the management? Is that why? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know anyone that's ever been like, I was projected to make X on this flip, and I actually made X. Uh, Most people I know, they're like, oh, I projected to make 35, and I actually ended up making 22. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, um, yeah, and but no, at the end of it, like wholesaling was just so that we could cherry pick the best deals, and I didn't Mm want to be beholden to... um, you know, other wholesalers deals or what's on the MLS with a ton of competition. Mm-hmm. And so like to truly get the best deals, that's what our, our wholesaling operation did. So if you actually look at our wholesaling operation, we really haven't made that much money on it. We've mm-hmm. just kept the best deals. And then we basically sold off the other ones that we didn't want anything to do with yeah. and just basically paid for our cost. So it was basically our, just our own lead gen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just depends. Like, for people that really don't have like interest in generational wealth um, or holding assets in, in that side of this business, wholesaling is great because you can learn the knowledge that you need to. You don't need to be super, super deep and you're yeah. really running a marketing and sales agency um, yeah. and your product is just houses. 
So yeah, uh, it's great for people like that. You can stack. I, I don't know if there's a better way that I know to stack cash um, than wholesaling with with the barrier entry. Um, but you know, well, that's a good point. So you're saying that if you can learn it, yep, that that's the fastest way to stack cash, so that hopefully you can either a do it or I guess what you want with the money, or b hopefully just buy rentals that you can keep or keep some of those deals that you have. If someone's listening to this and in like one minute you wanted to say, if you're about to start wholesaling, like here's what I would do, like what would that be? Yeah. So I would go door to door to door in an area that um, is, you know, dilapidated that, you know, your city has specifically said that they will be in, investing um, lots of capital into. So Franklinton was my area in Columbus. There's a $500 million project going on within Franklinton right now. Um, there's a billion dollar startup that sits at the top of Franklinton. It sits right left of the city. And so that's how we built the business is we just went mm -hmm. door to door to door. Um, because it, once you learn how to sell door to door, even if it's just, I want to buy your house or I want to buy this house, um, you know the sales process. So if you truly want to be in it for no money down, that's how you do it. Um, the second thing I would say, even though I'm well over a minute at this point, is if you wanted to scale your wholesaling operation, it is incredibly tough. I don't know. I actually don't know anyone that has scaled a wholesaling operation that, one, doesn't have crazy overhead. Mm -hmm. Not to say that doesn't pay off. Um, and two, that didn't invest in mentorships. And most of those mentorships are, you know, 20, 25K plus. So have you done a couple of wholesaling mentorships then? Yes. Yeah. So we did a all around, uh, yeah, uh, mentorship. So we'd been on like masterminds, you mm -hmm. know, the, the weekend, the um, full weeks and gym yeah. wherever. But yeah, we did a, a full like intensive six month. Here's our blueprint. Here's our entire business. Like step A to Z. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So to recap, if you're getting into wholesaling for the first time, Nothing beats, according to Nick, just getting your feet on the street and pounding some doors. Yes. Um, which is just one, is getting comfortable talking to people in that form. And then for those who are already wholesaling, and just to give people a scope of numbers, you gave me a number. You did, you've done over 55 deals in the past three years, under yeah. three years, with 35 deals alone this year already. It's only July. Yeah. So that's like, an, like we were talking about this before the call, but you just like exponentially took off this year. Yeah. So like how? Yeah, it, it was like that would probably be the first of uh, is joining that mentorship hmm. is we I basically stayed in in flipping like right. I did those six, seven deals and I've stayed mm -hmm. in flipping long enough to understand that like I was not going to leave real estate. And then once I understood that part, I was like, cool, I'm going to take the profit from these flips and go all in on like really building a true lead gen business. Um, I think it's the fastest way to scale, especially if you want to hold the assets. I don't think there is a better way to do it. Um, so yeah. Um, did that answer the question? It did. It did. I mean, it's just getting around people who are obviously doing it at a higher level than you. And yeah. I think that's with any asset class that you're investing in, find who's doing it, who's like currently or had major success doing it and just get around them as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, literally the only way you lose is like, if you didn't put the effort in or if, you know, um, they're running a scam. 
Mm-hmm. And, and typically like, you know, they already have previous students and, you know, um, people that have been successful. So then at that point, like if you can, if you can eliminate that card, the only reason you want to be successful is if you didn't do the proper work associated yeah. with it. Totally. Yeah. And so now you're holding more than ever before. Just one, because you realize the impact of taxes when you're selling versus holding. Yes. Um, I'm sure that was like the main tipping point. Uh, and of course, everyone talks about generational wealth. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know how much I believe in like the generational wealth thing. And I'm, I'm a little bit more on the nihilist scale, which mm-hmm. is like when I die, all my, you know, all my chips go back to the center of the table and yeah. I, I don't care to pass it on to kids or grandkids. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Like I, I know that's a lot of people's why the, <clears throat> the legacy thing doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's really just like the, the freedom behind it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hey this December we want to go out or, Hey, my parents are retiring and I want them to have extreme comfort for the, for their sacrifices. Um, yeah. And so you don't do that by flipping and wholesaling because mm-hmm. once you stop, like it's, at that point, it's just a high paying W2. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what, what we're doing right now in terms of what we're holding, you know, extrapolate, um, you know, we're, we're 5 million right now. We'll probably be seven and a half. I don't know, maybe 10. Maybe we'll go gangbusters um, by the end of the year. <laughs> okay. Um, and we bought eight this month. So we're like ramping it up like crazy. Um but yeah, and you know, you extrapolate that ten years <clears throat> at what Columbus has appreciated. grown and appreciated. Like you're talking about doubling your portfolio. Um, you know, having twenty million. If I stop at the end of this year, um, in ten years, and just correctly manage, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think that's powerful. I look at my parents. I used to have something above my door, and I was talking to my dad. And he was like, "I'm going to work until I'm seventy three. Um, and that has like stayed at the front of my mind of like, one, I don't want to work till I'm 73 and two, like there's about eight years left until then. Um, and so, you know, if I put in some like major effort, you know, I can probably accomplish that goal of like retiring in closer to two years. Dude, that, that's a good story. Yeah. I mean, everyone wants to help their parents out and kind of give back, obviously. And nobody, if you think about just how, like the, the regular trajectory of, okay, 65, work to your 65, yeah. maybe, if you're lucky. And what did you save in between then? I don't know. Yeah. Will you have Social Security? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Right. That's a whole other topic. But <laughs> you just want, I mean, you literally can potentially make five million this year on just whatever other things you have in the works. And I think that's interesting because in the beginning you said, is it $200 a month holding this rental worth it? In that one small blip, it's easy to see, Hey, my tenants just called and one of the breakers went out and now I got to go get an electrician in there and fix whatever. Yeah. And for $200 a month may not seem like a lot, but your plan is in 10 years, and Columbus's and whatever market you're investing in just continues to grow. That will, it's just, there's just so many extra benefits if you don't focus on just the $200 a month in cash flow. Yeah. You know, and so like something I look at as well is like, 
Um, I don't know. We're, we're probably, I think tomorrow we typically, or uh, we'll formally find out if we're in a recession or sometime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless, right? I think we all understand that we are. And if we're not, the Fed has made it very, very clear, like we are adding for one on purpose. Um, but I, you know, I look at Columbus, like there is a $20 billion injection happening from Intel's investment into Columbus. Like we were already growing like crazy. If you look mm-hmm. at the homes that sold in Columbus 10 years ago versus now, like, you know, you could buy stuff for 13,000, 17,000. Mm-hmm. I mean, lots go for a hundred thousand, right. In the right part of town. So, um, well, people in Columbus do not, cannot fathom what this $20 billion injection is going to do to um, central Ohio. And so I think not holding on to your real estate is going to be a massive mistake. So, you know, from an appreciation standpoint, like I might only make $200 a month. Um, and I honestly, like, I don't even look at it. I can't tell you what we cash flow because it doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I'm negative cash flow, right? <laughs> on, on some of ours. I'm sure I am. Yeah. And that's totally okay with me because if a $5 million portfolio, if I stopped right now, appreciates at 10% a year, I am passively making 500000 a year. I just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. So true. True. I like it. And you're obviously, you're, you're not, you know, putting your foot off the pedal for the, any of the active income yet. So you can still put food on the table with any of the other projects you have with your flips and wholesales that are still going. And the yeah. rental income is just icing on the cake. But yeah. whatever the spread is of the net worth and the equity that's inside the deals that you have is essentially just getting created at thin air every single time you're just improving and refining, improving and refining. Yep. 100%. Like it. All right. Okay. So let's get a little tactical. How about yeah. this? Because obviously you've done a lot of deals very, yes. very quickly. Yes. This one's for me. How did you know when it was time to hire? Um, when I, when I, good question. When I had enough to afford it. Okay. Yeah. And, and truthfully, like that was it. And so, um, as soon as I had enough to hire and be like, I've got three month runway here mm-hmm. that I like, I've got some figuring it out time. That was, that was it. So I had a lot of help from VAs mm-hmm. very, very early on. But in terms of like in-person hires, um, when I when I had enough and as soon as I did, I'm like very big. I'm like, let me take all the cash that I have and just invest all of it into solving the problems that I need to solve. Yeah. And so like as soon as I do that, I don't know. I just feel like I've taken that bet on myself and it's always like five or 10 X itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I continue to do that. Interesting. And so how big is your team now? Yeah, so we have, uh, we just uh, actually ended today. Two interns were with us for the summer. Um, we have a VA that oversees our property management admin. Um, we have a VA that does texting, um, SMS marketing. Um, we have dispositions, acquisitions, and a project manager. Nice. Um, okay, next one is so I saw this on your Instagram and talking about like Instagram, like moments. Yeah. Like you just are doing a full gut rehab in two months. Yes. Okay. So like, that's crazy. That's yeah. fast. How? Um, yeah. So I actually, so we kind of stopped marketing. So, you know, the interesting thing about this conversation at the beginning was mm-hmm. 
wholesaling, which is marketing, right? When yeah. you're calling, texting, sending mailers to sellers. Mm-hmm. And we have actually basically stopped that. So we were doing 20 to 30K mm-hmm. in, you know, um, overhead and, you know, is making great returns, but um, it was taking too much time and attention away from mm-hmm. holding. And so what, when I was looking at all these groups in Columbus that do what we do, they hold maybe, I don't know, 20, 25% of probably what comes across their plate. I think we hold probably 80%. And the way we do that is by eliminating our overhead. And so I basically made the decision, right? Any, any single company out there always has a competitive advantage. What I realized was ours was incredible um, subcontractor teams and incredible knowledge of construction. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we invest in real estate, but like we operate as a construction team at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if everyone else is underwriting a deal at a 40K rehab, and I know I can get it done in, in at 32, and they think it's going to take them four months with a GC, but I can do it in six weeks with my, you know, in-house team. Um, you know, I, I can underwrite it way differently and mm-hmm. win. Um, and I and I think there's enough deals on the MLS as the inventory has doubled recently. And this is this is literally all within the past like 30 to 45 days. Yeah. This decision, um, you know, it, it, it would be very tough for someone that's remote and mm-hmm. in California to do that, you know, when you're not um, on that sure. trip every single day. But yeah, for us, like that's our competitive advantage. And, you know, with interest rates changing, wholesalers, like this idea of these crazy assignments are dead. The buyer pool is dropping out. Like we're picking up a ton of assignments every single week. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say that's it, man, is, is we have like all gone to um, referrals, MLS, and we have basically become a construction team. And we've been able to rede- reduce our overhead by about 70%. Hmm. And we're taking down more deals than we ever have. Okay, so let's touch on that a little bit. Yeah, Interest rates obviously have just gone right lately there's more inventory on the market how would you recommend that investors to pivot right now um with everything that's been changing yeah it's a great question um you know so like if you're a wholesaler i think wholesalers have a very very hard time Mm -hmm. it's it's not going to be the gold rush that it was over the last three to four years so if you're a wholesaler um if you're a flipper and granted, everything I say is totally like city dependent, right? Like yeah. Columbus is probably going to be a little more immune to a recession than um, some outskirt towns of Alabama or Ohio, mm-hmm. right? Any outskirt town. Um, but with that in mind, you know, when you talk about flipping homes that are in the affordable housing range, right? 200K and under are going to perform way better. They're not going to be affected as hard. So if you're flipping, you should probably stay in that range. Um, a lot of people were killing it on high-end flips. I think those people are going to have a really, really hard time. Mm-hmm. And if you're a buy-and-hold investor, right, a lot of us doing the birth strategy, um, you should figure out how to reduce every single cost in your life. And I, I would say <clears throat> stretch, your th- stretch yourself incredibly thin because the opportunity that you have right now to pick up incredible real estate at a discount yeah, uh, 
<clears throat> is truly once in a life, right? Like we all look um, back to 2008, right? And I didn't really go through it as an investor, um, mm -hmm. went through it as a young human. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, it's 08. And, you know, whether it is or isn't, it's a recession and there will be financial <clears throat> struggle and there, there will be more inventory and, and home prices will be lower. And so, um, so many people are like, ah, I wish I would have taken advantage of that. And now we're in that opportunity yeah. to do that. Will it be to the scale of 08? I don't know. Will okay. it be a much bigger opportunity than a year ago, two years ago? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you everyone wanted a discount. Here's a discount, whether it be crypto, stocks, real estate, you have a discount. Yeah. And it's, what are you buying? If you're buying something in the comments and you guys are watching this live, let me know just because that's always fun for me. Nick, just on that same note, what else are you buying at a discount? It's on sale. It's Black Friday. What else are you buying? What am I buying? Only houses. Uh, we just bought an old church, actually. Oh, you know, Austin actually mentioned, he's like, hey, do you need someone to bless that church? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I definitely do. <laughs> and you're turning that into, there's, uh, I think there's like a commercial on the bottom and yep. something at the top. Is that right? Yeah. So we bought uh, two commercial units. That one is mixed use. Um, that one's fully rented out. We were all in for 180 rents for 2200. So that was a, it ended up being a great deal. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the church, I don't know, we might rent it out. We might keep it as our office. We had someone buy there today. Um, but it was a house that I had my eyes on for like years. It went on the market and I was like, cool, done buying it. I like it. Um, and we're almost at the end of our questions. So if there's anyone else who's watching live and has questions for Nick, feel free to leave them in the chat. And I'll do the whole YouTube thing where you can also like this and subscribe if you're finding value out of that, right? Like, subscribe. There you go. Share this with everybody else. Anyways. Um, okay, so you touched masterminds, you said, were the biggest catalysts for just some of your thought process, some of the systems that you had. One, how did you pick a good mastermind or a good mentor? And you know, how would you sniff out bad ones? Yeah, good question. So, um, you know, social media is a, a good place to do your initial prospecting and finding of, of mentorships and masterminds. Um, and then two, like actually just sitting down talking with those people or if they have students, um, try to seek those students out yourself. You can ask for mm -hmm. a referral, but, you know, they could send you to their best friend. Um, so I think you need to do some research if you're investing like a lot of money into a mastermind. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for me, like I had a, um, an old videography company. So I went to someone that was getting into content, Austin Rutherford and was like, Hey, I'll do your content for you. We'll go out and shoot. I'll do everything. When I call you, just pick up the phone. Cause I'm going to have questions. Um, so it was kind of just like we, we traded value for, for our skill set. So that's a really, yeah. really good way. Yeah, I think anyone that's into marketing, that's, I mean, that's like me included. That is the number one way that I think you can get into and pick someone's brain because finding a good content marketer is the hardest thing in the world. Yep. Like, 100%. I mean, even for me, and I do my own yep. content marketing, but like yeah. if someone else wanted to help me, like that would help. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would take your help 100%. I would do that all day. Yeah. Okay. And then on that same note, like how has social media impacted your business? Or um, yeah, I think it, I think it significantly has. Um, I think just like people recognizing your name when you submit an offer is mm -hmm. huge. So like at this point, like we have realtors that are coming to us now because we post everything that we do, um, mm -hmm. saying, "Hey, I've got this pocket listing," or they've heard of us through another friend, 
And so like that exposure, especially if you're going to pivot to be the person, like if you want to go do your own lead gen business, like you don't need to be on social media yeah. because you're, you're paying for all of your deals. So for me, I'd rather just invest time onto social media, be a little bit more known, be a little bit more present top of mind. And I'll ping way more referral, um, wholesale deals, um, just through, through doing that. And I, and I'm not all in, you know, you know, Columbus, there's people that are, are 10 X into the social mm -hmm. game than I am. Um, mm -hmm. I try to stay relevant. Yeah. I mean, you're there, but you're not like on top of everyone's news feed as soon as they open it up, which is yeah. okay. Yeah. For now. <laughs> Do you have a separate personal account versus your business account? Or are they all the same? No, they're all the same. Yeah. Was that, was that by choice? Do you have any thought process behind that? No, I, you know, like real estate is something I genuinely love doing. Uh, mm -hmm. I spend the majority of my waking hours either doing it, thinking of it. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, my, my newsfeed is, is a very good lens into my life. Um, I don't feel like it um, differs that much from, you know, how I live my life. So, yeah. Plus I don't feel like anyone likes following businesses. Businesses suck, <laughs> but people are cool. Yeah. People want to see the, the, the people that run the business and just get to know an actual human being. Yeah. They want to like see my cat that has just been here next <laughs> to us the entire time. That's sure. little smoke. He just turned one. So he's a little tired from his first birthday. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's get into uh, our last call. If you've anyone who's looking for another additional podcast with Nick, you just didn't get enough Nick. Uh, when I first started this, you were actually one of my first guests when you were still a, actually, were you a hard money lender? I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, maybe you've just gone out of it. But hard money lending. Yes. So we did all the questions about hard money lending because that is something I went on a rabbit hole when I was looking to, you know, fund my acquisitions with hard money. And so Nick sold me my first hard money loan. And yes. then I picked his brains on all things hard money. Uh, so you can look through that. I'll link that down below if you're watching this in the future. If you're live, you'll have to wait like 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll do our last call because we didn't have that last time. Cool. And I don't know if you went into the link, but if you didn't, then, then you wouldn't see these questions. So uh, real quick, share me a quick win and a quick loss from this week. Um, quick win. We just went into contract on another home um, a little bit ago. Loss. Um Man, doesn't I, have a loss this week. Did I say something stoic like there's opportunity in every loss? Uh, yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, no, we're 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 still kind of struggling with our our refinances right now. So, okay. you know, everyone talks about like, oh yeah, buy it, rehab it, refinance it, and mm -hmm. it's like, okay, that's cool. You can refinance it if you have a W two, mm. and like we've had an incredibly successful year by every single metric that a bank would want to look at, except we just, we, I don't know, we were successful pretty quickly. And so we don't have like the longevity, the two years, the two full years hmm. um, that, a, that a bank would like to see. So we're struggling on the, the refinance piece, right? So. So if you're a lender that can help Nick out, make sure you reach out to Nick, his Instagram yeah. down below. Let him know that I sent you, you know what I mean? Yeah, or if you're just like rich and want to buy all my houses cash, um, from me and do like a seller finance. We can talk about that as well. 
Look at that. If you're looking for a next seller finance deal, Nick's got some seller finance deals yes. for you. Yes. You know, better yet, you should actually just tell me what you want to get rid of and I'll look and see. Yeah. Nothing. Holding up. <laughs> um, okay. Next one is what was the most memorable drink you've ever had? Who is it with and what made it so memorable? What's the most memorable drink I've ever had? Yep. Uh, with my grandfather. Good question. Um, so my grandfather is like my hero. He built his own home. Um, you know, just like uh, stand up dude. I, mm -hmm. I, he probably stands out just like everyone's uh, grandpa. But yeah, he was my hero. Um, and he was just getting sicker. So he was from Michigan. I'm an Ohio State guy. So we had a couple of beers and watched the Ohio State game uh, earlier this year before we passed. So yeah, that's, uh, that's my favorite drink. Well, my condolences. And that sounds like a nice memory. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. Uh, okay. How can someone add value to you right now? Um, I don't, um, if you're a lender and you don't have like strict banking criteria, you could um, refinance out like 1.7 million that we have that needs refinanced. Um, if you're not, um, I don't know. I would just say like, if you're looking to get in the real estate, just like take action and do it. Like I, I think at now at this point, like at least for the current path, if I stay in the same asset class in the same area, you know, there's nothing more that we can do except continue operating the way that we have. And so um, it's, it's been a little bit more gratifying being on the other other side of like where I wanted to be three years ago. Um, and now seeing more people, you know, in my position three years ago getting in. And um, it's been gratifying to see people just like take action on, on knowledge that, you know, maybe we've we've shared um and and see them create their own path for themselves dude that's that's deep there's like a quote that reminds me of and i'm probably gonna butcher it right now but it's yeah. like the five-year-old like five years ago you would love to have the problems that you're facing now or something like that yeah and that's like a great thing to be reminded of um mm -hmm. I, I saw someone post that and i was like damn like that is that is so true um mm -hmm. And so, you know, I can, I can take that, like knowing that like the problems that I've had are great problems that I've created through like achieving what I set out to achieve. Yeah, for sure. Well, Nick, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you telling us exactly how you scale. I mean, there's a million other steps that went in between it. Obviously a lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifice, I'm sure. Um, if anyone who's listening to this and is a lender and can help Nick out, then please reach out to Nick. Nick, yeah. I have someone one of the buddies actually i'm trying to take down the hotel and or rv park with he actually is a lender at civic i don't know if you've talked to him but i'll introduce you after this yeah awesome um he has some creative stuff and cool. if anyone wants to see that hard money video i'll also link that down below Nick, is there anything else you want to leave for anyone else watching this no um if you learn anything from this just go out and take action on it don't pick up another book don't listen to another podcast like just start taking action on it that's the that's the biggest gap are people that are just kind of like analysis by paralysis. So, um, you know, learn a little, do a lot, learn a little, do a lot, learn a lot, or learn a little, do a lot, um, not the other way around. I like it. So if you made it this far, here's what I want you to comment in the comments below. And we'll look back on this in a month and see how many people actually made it this far. But comment down in the comments. Don't read. Take action. I'll have a little chuckle about that. Yeah. Uh, and you're in the know with the inside joke. Well, yeah. Nick, I appreciate your time today. Um, Likewise, thank you so much, thank you congratulations on all the success, dude. I remember yeah. last year I had you on, you were figuring the steps out and now 
you've blown I don't know anyone else who's like scaled that fast. Yeah, well, I, I might go bankrupt. So, you know, that's all part of it. <laughs> well, at least we're on the up right now. So congratulations to you. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do another one if that happens. I'll talk about my my demise. There you go. It'll be from zero to five million to zero. <laughs> so, no, man, uh, I know you're going to continue crushing it. Uh, again, everyone watching, thanks so much. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Connect with Nick down below. His Instagram is all down there. And I'll see you guys all in the next one. Cool. Peace, brother.